with that comes a massive amount of stress, obviously. Um, and as we all know, stress doesn't determine how it affects, but you know, physical stress, mental stress, emotional stress, it's all stress to the body. So if you're not taking account of all the other things that you've got going on, and then you walk into your session and you're then trying to put another load of stress into your bucket where you just are full up to the top and you cannot cope, you know, it's not going to go very well. Your body's not going to respond very well. One, because you don't have the neural drive, because your emotions are all over the place. Um, it's going to be hard to get that focus because you have got important stuff, like big stuff that matters a lot more than training sometimes going on um, that is demanding your attentional um, focus and your capability. Um, you know, so sometimes you just have to allow for these things um go in do your workout whatever you can do if you can't do it fine you know it's not the end of the day it's one session um and address those things outside so whether you have um you know you need someone to talk to it's really important so you need an emotional outlet um but the other things that i find really useful and something that i oh i just bought a new journal actually find um really helpful is journaling um for me journaling that's my way of processing things some people like to um, process creatively. So you might be someone who paints or you might like to dance and you might have some kind of um, creative expression for the way you feel. I like to write because it helps me process stuff. Oh, there you go. She likes the color. I've got coloring book as well, actually. Yeah. But what, And I do have those creative outlets. Like I was a dancer for a long time. You know, I, I did art to um, uh, sort of A level in school. So I have those creative outlets, but there are there is something in me that means that I need to write to be able to work through my, my emotions of what's going on and not put so much pressure on myself. Because I think when it's up here, it can go round and round and round and you have the same thought loop or the same thought patterns and they, they, they process in a loop so you don't ever come to a solution. The way that we find solutions is by taking it out of the emotional brain putting it down, rationalizing that with, okay, you know, you might have had a, what you call a bad session. I mean, it wasn't a bad session for me. I still hit my numbers. It just wasn't as confident a squat as I wanted it to be. Um, so, you know, why did, why did that happen? Was it something technical? So first of all, I worked through all the good stuff that happened in that session. Yes, I hit my hit my squats. I didn't get the reps that I wanted to get out at that number, but I still got the number and I managed to do two singles instead of a double so it, you know for all intents and purposes it's the same volume it's just that you are um, harder so on your... good things it's just that you are harder on yourself sorry because, it's just because you are harder on yourself because you're harder of that. on yourself absolutely absolutely yeah and and so cutting out that session going well I didn't get a double I didn't do you know it wasn't as fast as I wanted into the hole I struggled to get out the hole but I still did it you know I still did it and it was still decent numbers so uh, you know, having that perspective going, oh, okay, I have got this, I have got this, I just have another load of stuff going on at the time, which, you know, that's life, life happens sometimes, but being able to work through it outside of that session going, actually, right, technically, what was going on, um, you know, in terms of my conditioning, my strength, my power, was that all there? Yes, it was. What was missing? What was my confidence? Why was my confidence wrong? Because I've got x y and z going on because i'm you know worried about my mum because it, i'm being reminded of losing my dad and the fact that i don't have his support and i'm feeling you know those are big things so journaling allows me to get that stuff out of my head so that i'm not going into my next session going oh god i'm shit at squats actually 
last week I tried to do this, I couldn't do it, that means this week I'm not going to do it. Because if I carried that with me, it would go on and on and on. But getting it out allowed me to then sit there and then through the week I went and watched a load of squat videos of myself squatting. I was looking at my technique, I was looking at my confidence, my approach to the bar, all of those things. And actually when I went in this week, it was no problem. It was no problem and actually it felt a lot easier. So, you know, it's being able to be self-aware of what's going on around you, what's affecting you, being able to get yourself to a point where you're where you're wanting to process that, but also needing to process that rather than kind of going, oh, you know, poor me, oh, I'm shit, or, you know, falling into that victim mentality. You've got to push yourself forward. You've got to try and, like, master these hurdles and get over them because there's always going to be another one. And then actually doing the work. And I think sometimes that's the hardest part because we have busy days, you know, there's always something going on, we're tired, we don't want, we get to the end of the day and go, oh, do you know what, I don't want to spend an hour journaling about how I failed in my squat session, but it's really important. So, you know, that's my way of processing it. So there's actually, I, I said I wasn't going to get too scientific, so I actually think that putting in some science to it as well will be more of a, I actually need to get on top of my shit. But the way the brain works is it's like everything initiates up here in your upper brain because it 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 learns from repetitions, but it's not just it's not just the good repetitions, it's the bad ones as well. And you learn from your errors, so in making those slip-ups, realizing that it's okay to make those slip-ups and learning from that is the key to moving forward. Now, when there was a study where they had pretty much, they do use mice and rats for a lot of studies. In this case, it can be put towards humans because they've seen humans work in the same way. But they they actually did this with something called the Mario effect, where when they were trying to learn coding for Mario Kart, they were given either two messages when they did the wrong coding oops you've lost five points or sorry try again and by saying you lost five points by having that negative reminder that you just did something wrong it actually got it actually led to less of a success rate from the humans this is the human study i'm talking about first from the humans actually getting success in coding for mario kart but those that said sorry try again that's learning from error and that's picking up on those errors to move forward. So not having that negative connotation and putting yourself down, berating yourself is the key to freedom from getting stuck in this loop that she was talking about with that whole loop. So you need to not put yourself down for everything because you will not have a high success rate versus if you actually say, I need to try again, it was an error. Why was it an error? Try again. But you learn from that error. You're not going to do the same stupid code because you just got spat out. It's an error. Try again. Now, the mouse study that they saw this in was when they had two, they had a rat and a mouse in a little, a little container thing and they had to like push each other out and see who wins. Now, the mouse that won and then had a higher chance of winning all the other ones, even if it was going to be weaker than the other mice. So by having that, by having that, like, that's like she said, the chain, by having the chain of success, again, by having the chain of success from 
Like anything you tell yourself is something that's going to repeat itself. Anything you do is going to repeat. Anything you believe and say to yourself is going to repeat itself. And like she said, you need to put it into action. So if you're going to tell yourself, no, nah, I can't do this, that's going to repeat itself into every other battle you fight. Like, see it as an analogy for battles with your mind. You win the first battle with your mind. Instead of two mice, it's you against you. You win the first battle against yourself. You're more likely to win the next battle against yourself. And that is when you actually win because you create a streak of winning. Just like I read in one of my daily stoic greetings, you want to create that you want to create a habit and then keep repeating that habit in reps. And then all you need to focus on is not breaking that chain. And therefore you create your identity. Her identity is I'm still showing up, I'm still putting in the work. She could have walked away, but she didn't. She's already got that habit chain. And one thing else to point on that is, okay, so I color in. She writes. I used to find writing work for me, but if I try to write now, I would probably have an anxiety attack because it is not my thing at the moment. You need to know what works for you. What works for you as your coping mechanism should never be compared to what works for someone else. And just the same as the way someone does a diet approach one time doesn't mean that the same diet approach is going to work the next time. Things always change. Writing worked for me once. It doesn't now and that is okay. Sometimes clients stress over the fact that, oh, everyone else reads like a book a week. Everyone else reads this. Everyone else reads that. So what? Why do you need to read if it's going to cause you anxiety? You need to figure out what works for you. I'm sometimes a reader. It is very, very depending on what it is and the size of it. I do not like reading long things. I've read studies. I've read journal articles. I read, I haven't really read the textbooks, but I have read, like, I read the Daily Stoic because it's one reading to, like, to commit to. I'm an audio person. I love listening to things out loud. I will play studies out loud to listen to them. How do you learn? Uh, see, I'm a reader, and it's funny you should say that because um, my old business partner, he used to love audiobooks, and he was very much a book a week and was in, uh, you know, uh, a big mentoring program. And it's all this very kind of one, uh, I'm not saying that he's one-dimensional, but I'm talking about general business programs, but very one-dimensional. You must read one business book a week. You must do this. You must do that. And, and I actually can't do that either. I hate it. I hate the feeling of like, I've come home from work, I've worked really hard this week, and now I have to spend my leisure time reading a business book because the only time I have to read is before bed, and it doesn't work for me either. But I do love to read. I love to read fiction. And I like to read autobiographies and, and something with a story, you know. So the way that I learn is through reading. And actually, recently, I've just started picking up, um, what I don't know what you would call them i don't know whether you call them motivational books or anyway people's stories i read um david goggins you can't hurt me he's a navy seal have you heard of him yes he does a 75 yeah bar. yeah yes yeah, so, yeah. yeah, he's a navy Seal, and i i quite like stuff about the military i quite st like stuff about um kind of adventure stories of like kind of high drama high tension that kind of thing so i picked up this book because i like that sort of thing and actually and i started reading it 
about halfway through, I was like, you are talking such shit. You <laughs> what you're talking is not because he was trying to give advice based on his experience to everyone. I was like, you are unique. There are not very many people like you in the world. And he pushed himself so hard in his training that he was literally at one point he was he, he had his wife bring him home from a from a, a he was doing these ultra uh, marathons and, and putting himself through all sorts of torture to get himself through how we can then to qualify and then be the best out of those people and the best out of those people and it was this never-ending cycle of i must punish myself more to prove that i am harder than anyone else in the world anyway so he started doing ultra running and he pushed himself so hard that he was in kidney failure at the end of this run and his wife is in the emergency services he told her to take her home he refused to go to the the emergency room even though he was in kidney failure because he wanted to go home lie in the bathtub for like however long it was 20 minutes i think and enjoy the pain that we was in because that was his definition of success anyway so at this point he goes to cuts from the story to a piece of advice saying actually if you want to be better if you want to you know um, get out of your victim mentality, if you've been bullied, if you've been through hardship, if you've been through all these things, the best way to do it is to push yourself harder so that you really experience pain and you enjoy pain and you know what it's like. So therefore, the pain that you felt before wasn't as traumatic as it as this is now. And I'm like, what? <laughs> you, you actually... You can't generalise like that from... Yeah, crazy, crazy. As the book goes on, it gets better. I was furious, furious at this point, you know, as a psychologist, and I'm going, this is not right. Just because you were abused as a child and, you know, you went through this, doesn't mean that you should carry on abusing yourself. Actually, there's a problem there, and it's huge. You need to find something, you know, to kind of nurture yourself and ask you, mm. you know, like, why do I feel like I keep need to torture myself? I'm like, this is so wrong. I'm relating. Anyway, I'm gonna rela on the I want to relate that one part just that one part for people out there see how she said that he was like abused as a child so now he's finding the need to abuse himself through physical like he's he's physically abusing himself he's taking that childhood abuse into his like his current state but he's putting it upon himself i had a conversation in my emotional eating podcast if you want to go to the podcast that I put up about that, which is also in this mini and mighty thing, where she was, like, my client mentioned that she was abused in a past relationship. So she took that abuse and put it into the form of orthorexia and abusing herself through training her ass to the ground. And ever since that, she's had a very negative relationship with food and with exercise, and it's taken almost a year to get to a place where she is now to actually move forward because she's realizing she can't stay where she is and start taking those mini steps. So as Phoenix is going to continue on while she's explaining about the story, you need to put everything into the context of what you're willing to sacrifice and your definition of success because that isn't the life to live because by the sounds of it, he wasn't having a very fulfilled life at home. He wasn't having all these elements of fun because there was no fun in his life fun to him was torture upon himself and this is exactly where my client now is getting into the fish tank stuff she's putting more fun into her day because she never had that fun her form of fun was punishing herself through food and through training this is where people 
go down the eating disorder route in both the binge eating and the anorexic tendencies. So continue on. Yeah, exactly that. So it you kind of like through this book, he has a wife, he has children, um, and then he divorces his wife and meets someone new. But the references to his wife and children are three sentences maximum in that book to both wives and the children because he could not bear to be in a relationship. He could he he couldn't put himself in a situation where he could be loved. And he actually refers to, when he's giving advice to the reader, he talks about, you know, yeah, at some point you're going to have to go home and you have to spend time with people because otherwise, you know, they're going to get funny, they're going to get arsy about it. And I'm like, wow, you you know, you've taken yourself from this place of hardship, put yourself into even more hardship and really built this wall around you so that you cannot have any relationships or any kind of emotional um outlet because it is so painful therefore it's easier to create more pain and live in a world of pain than it is to interact with people and heal yourself that way um and i think it, it yeah what you're saying with your client and we see it so many times don't we we see it so many times with i've got to be thinner but i need to eat less and and actually you know but this diet isn't working for me you know you can work with a client and you can say well you can have chocolate you can have this of course you can go out for dinner you know just manage it and they're like well well i i think i'm going to go and do something else because actually you're not you're not punishing me enough yeah and, and that, of course this, they go on do something else. it doesn't work this is a thing when like if you think that smashing yourself to the ground, being sore after workouts. I have, I had a few times where clients would come to me and saying, why do I feel more energized after my workouts? Like, I'm not doing it right. I'm like, no, you are doing it right. You're not meant to be trashed after workouts. Oh, but I'm so used to feeling this way. Like people think, people gravitate towards personal trainers that leave them sprawling on the ground after a session instead yeah. of ones that actually yeah. make them progress. So then they're sprawling to the ground, their posture's like this, they put their heads all like this, and then as soon as they lose weight, they they still have the same posture, but <laughs> they just are a smaller version of this person that just walks like this. Like, oh you, my God. like, tell me how this is functional. Tell me how much <laughs> <laughs> how much does your family mean to you? Like, oh how much God. does your family mean to you? Oh, it's so right. It's so right. We see. It. Oh my God, you're making me laugh because <laughs> I, I have image in my head <laughs> I, I, I actually can't i can't talk about that one because i'm picturing <laughs> like the gym but it's so right you 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 shouldn't have to feel like you have been beasted after every session that is not progress and you can say it until you're blue in the face but i think novice trainers or people who have this kind of mission of like you know i i've been this way for ages and i've had enough and you know i want to lose like you know 10 kilos and and it and i've got to have this perfect body because actually then i'll be worthy you know then people will like me more then my relationships will be better then my you know i'll get that promotion at work um gosh so there was a, a client of mine she won't mind me talking about this because we i've talked about this before and um we had been through a couple of rounds of um, a nutrition, six week nutrition program. And she messaged me, she said, I'm going for a new job, you know, I'm going for an interview. I've got, you know, I've got my outfit, I bought this really nice, like designer um, uh, suit and da, da, da. And she messaged me and she said, I want to do a water cut. I'm like, what? 
I want to do a water cut because I'm going in for this interview and I want to look the bee's knees for this interview. I'm like, what is this interview for? A recruitment company. A recruitment company. She's like, yeah, but I feel if I, I feel that you know, if I go into this recruitment company, you know, they all they're already presentable. They all look great, and actually, if I if I do this water cut, I'm going to look so much better that they'll probably give me the job. I'm like, you are way down the rabbit hole, way down the rabbit hole. If you think that going for an interview, you need to water cut rather than work on your presentation skills or your sales skills or your negotiation skills. You think the water cut is going to be the difference? I mean, she was that far gone at that point. And I had to kind of just pull her up and go, what the fuck are you on about? Like, this is not where you should be. You, like, how have we got to this point where your appearance underneath your clothes that they're not even going to see is so important to you that you want to do this really extreme thing that people only use to make weight for you know, sport or, um, you know, bodybuilding, you want to employ that in everyday life to go into an interview where you're then going to be depleted, your brain's not going to function properly, you're not going to be able to answer those questions. And then it it was really, really shocking. I, I, just, I couldn't get... I wouldn't even say bodybuilding for the water cut. Like, there are two things that you could easily bring up here. Besides the fact that you just highlighted exactly why you cannot just do the physical changes without the mental changes because you could see that was there was nothing wrong nutritionally there if that that is all mental like if you know how physical like how water cuts work you, like i i could cut five kilos overnight for a powerlifting comp but i would be back those five kilos the next day because i just repleted myself but because i also depleted salt electrolytes blah 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 i will be back to the same weight but not as functional as I was then. Unless you know the nuances of performance nutrition and you can actually like accommodate for that stuff. But if you're going at it alone and if it's not actually for a performance sport, chances are you're not going to be sipping down some Vitago or Gatorade or any glycogen solution. Like there is so much mental to everything that you do. Like why else do people resort to like, gastric bypass and the gastric sleeve and then come back worse because they didn't change their lifestyle to go with it if you think about what those surgeries are it is shrinking your stomach size but the thing is if you're pretty much like they actually i know this because i know two people getting it you actually have to do a shake diet with like optifast or some bullshit or you have to do like a specific diet where you're eating like tiny portions. If you're doing like OptiFast in these tiny portions and it's hell to get to there, but at the same time you're losing all of this weight, you're at least showing yourself that it is capable, like you are capable of it. And you, you know, you can see what the issue is, it's your portioning. But if that's hard for you and that is not what your usual lifestyle is, how are you meant to maintain that after the gastric bypass, after whatever surgery yeah. it is that you get? Like, you can't do anything without bringing the mental with you. But you tell me, how important is your environment and not just physical environment, but what you look at on your phone and your screen, how important is that to actually even making a shift or change in your mindset? 
uh, environment is everything and it starts but it starts with this internal environment i mean so okay we've got two environments haven't we? we've got internal which is self-talk which is our kind of hygiene procedures which we are going to do another thing on and hygiene as in like a routine around um sleep around recovery around you know um uh relaxation like de-stressing so you've got hygiene procedures which all feed into your internal environment your emotional stability and your state of mind your ability to focus and get for- move forward with stuff and then you've got your external environment so that could be you know your social circles you know are, are your social circles beneficial to you or are you hanging out with people that you know like to go out on the weekend and party and do drinking uh, like drinking and drugs all the time and actually is that beneficial to you no probably need to move on to a different social circle is your um uh your vocational circle beneficial to you are you in a job that you like are you in a company that um, you feel is going to uh, progress you are you in a place where you feel like you're you know you're not achieving things so all of these things are going to feed into your confidence in your relationship your personal relationships at home you know with your partner does your partner support you does your partner build you up or are you in a for the you know last year I was in an awful relationship where I was told on a daily basis that I was the bottom of the priority list, like way down. There was this, 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 and this, and I was right at the bottom. And actually, if everything became too much, then I would be the one to go. And that went on for me for a long time. And I lost myself that year. I we are talking it, it, it about this. Me. We are talking about well. this. We're going to be talking about this yeah. coming up. Yeah. And, and I got to a point where I let it go on for so long because there was so much justification for the way that I was being treated because of the way that someone else was being treated. So that they were being abused, but this person was then abusing me. And I actually let it carry on to the point where it really just decimated my confidence. And I came out of that a different person than the one I went in. And actually I'm, I'm getting back there now, but environment is everything. What you're being fed into your brain daily, like what people, so people that you care about, people that you give value to, what are they saying to you? Because that is going to define your image, your self-talk, you know, the way that you respond to others, your ability to go forth and um, be, you know, successful in whatever you might be doing at the time. You know, all of that feeds in. So environment is everything, but there are lots of different types of environment that we need to address. Your perspective is so important as well. Like your environment shapes your perspective just as much your perspective shapes your environment. So I think for our next one, because we're going to be trying to keep all of these to the 30 minute mark, our next one is going to touch a lot on hygiene in terms of routine structure. We're going to eventually be talking about Phoenix's story and how that's impacted her and how she came out of that. Because I feel like a lot of people can relate to that, as well as pretty much just touching on anything that rel- anything that links our external to our internal, because... Our cues are everything and what she just mentioned there about getting told this from this place and then this from this place, that's again just like the Mario Kart thing that I was talking about. You've lost five points, you've lost five points. Oh, I'm not good enough, I'm not made for this, I'm not I'm not worthy. And it comes down to that sort of thing. So yeah, I think we will end this here and we will leave any links in the description below that can help. And also our socials and stuff will be down there. And we will see you in the next one. Yay, thanks for watching.
do that thing. Yay! Cover the, cover the webcam for a sec. Oh, okay. Well, how do I do that? Okay. Boom. Done. Cool. We're ending it with that. <laughs> okay.